one of my favorite parts is just like being in the know and being that source of information for people and being able to kind of like help people understand tough topics or answer questions that are on their minds. You know, I think that is my favorite part. From Burlington, Vermont, this is Behind the Byline, a podcast that shares the stories of the free press's journalists. I'm your host, Blaze Seifer, a rising senior at Middlebury College and a summer intern with the Free Press. Today, I sit down with Liz Murray, the public safety reporter for the Free Press. Liz is a 2013 graduate from St. Michael's College in nearby Colchester, Vermont, where she earned degrees in journalism and history. She's worked for the Free Press since 2013, and I can't wait to have her on the podcast. Liz, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. First of all, how are you? How's your summer going? Doing great. Um, Yeah, I've become a plant mom. (laughs) So I have a nice back deck garden. Awesome. Well, you know, thanks again, Liz, for coming on. I'm excited to sit down and and hear about your experience working in the field of journalism. Thanks Uh, for having me. But first, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What were some of your hobbies growing up? So I am from Adams, Massachusetts originally. So it's a little town in Western Mass. People always forget about it, especially those from Boston. They're like, where are you from? But it's further west than Springfield, which is what I always say to kind of give people a a sense of where it is. I am a cat mom as well. (laughs) And other people at the Free Press know I'm a little obsessed with my cat, Daisy. She is my first pet ever. So yeah, and I live in Williston right now. And some of my hobbies growing up are some of the ones that I still have. Writing's one of them, uh, reading a lot. (laughs) Um, I grew up dancing, actually. I was a tap dancer for a while and still kind of dabble in that, but really haven't picked up the tap shoes a lot recently. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's that's really me. <laughs> so you went to St. Michael's College uh, nearby. What kind of drew you to Vermont? I mean, you I mean, you're from Western Mass. It's not a crazy drive, but yeah, still, it's a change of scene. So when I basically where I'm from in Massachusetts is 30 minutes from the Vermont border, mm-hmm. so we are pretty close to the southern border of Vermont. But I heard about St. Mike's from a neighbor who went there for journalism as well and had recommended the program to me. And when I went to campus, my college search was essentially over (laughs) because it was just so beautiful. And I got there on a sunny day and they really roped me in. So, gotcha. yeah. So you said growing up, you like to write. Did you ever, you know, pitch an article to the local newspaper? Did you write for your school newspaper? When did you begin to, you know, write articles and kind of find this passion for journalism? Yeah. So I always kind of kept a journal growing up. I really liked the idea of like recording things that happened in my life. Obviously secret. I'm not going to divulge any secrets to you. Um, But really the turn towards professional writing started actually in like eighth grade. I had a teacher who was very encouraging and was very encouraging with, with my writing as well. And I just like found a love for it. In ninth grade, I joined the school's newspaper and it was kind of weird because like, you know how in high school when like you want to do something that's different from your friend group, but you don't want to do it by yourself. (laughs) So like I was kind of in that situation, but I still joined because I was like, you know what, it's, it's an opportunity and I'm going to regret it if I don't. 
And I really fell in love with journalism from doing the high school newspaper and then interning at a local newspaper in high school and then continuing that in college. Very exciting. So did you write for the school newspaper at St. Mike's? I did. Yeah. And it it changed partway through my tenure there, but it used to be a requirement that students write for the newspaper. But I actually like went above what was required <laughs> because I liked it so much and was a staff writer for a couple of semesters and also an editor for a couple of semesters. So awesome. for features and photography, I, those Whoa. were my two editing roles. <laughs> Very cool. So you graduated from St. Mike's and, and the Burlington Free Press was your first job. You wanted to stay you know, local in, in Vermont. Mm-hmm. What were kind of those first early years like at the Free Press? I mean, you're, you're a new young reporter. You've, you've interned before. You've written for the school newspaper. But what can you tell me about your first few years here at the Free Press? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely... I think the environment was very warm and welcoming. And I think it's still is today the case where people here really want you to succeed and mentorship by the older reporters is a really big thing. So I came in actually at the same time as April McCullum. We started on the same day. We were both like fresh out of college reporters. And there were two other like longtime reporters, one who had been here for 40 something years, another for 37 years. And I remember they sat us both next to these guys just to kind of like soak in some of their knowledge and be able to ask questions. And so that was really helpful. And also, you know, outside of work, April and I would kind of lean on each other as well, like check in on how you're doing and, you know, hey, I came across this, like, what do you think kind of thing. So having that support was really, really nice. And I think that that hasn't happened in a while where there's been kind of like a a group of reporters hired at the same time that can kind of lean on each other. Mm -hmm. So it helped a lot. It was also difficult to kind of come straight out of college and kind of be thrust into this public safety beat and try to figure out like what my own style was, what, what the paper wanted, what the company wanted, um, and just kind of balance all of those things and kind of stay true to myself as well. Right. So when you when you first joined the Free Press, did you cover public safety as well? Has that been your beat ever since? So when I joined in July of 2013, I was a general assignment reporter. But two months later, the then crime and courts reporter left. And so I took over his beat in September 2013. So I've had it used to be called crime and courts, but now it's called public safety. I've had that beat since then. Right. So I'm curious, Liz, what's a day in the life uh, of, of Liz Murray? What's that like for you? I mean, I'm sure it's changed throughout the years, it but I'm curious what it's like now. Yeah. I mean, it's different every day, right? Because you know, you're working on different stories. You might have different people to interview, but it's it's usually a mix of interviews, writing, meeting with colleagues, sometimes going out into the field. And, and I haven't been able to do this as much during the pandemic, but going to court and looking up court records and cases, searching through PACER, which is a federal court records for story ideas, staying close to social media (laughs) for other story ideas. So just kind of like constantly working on stories, but also looking around for other stories. And I don't think I have a set like schedule for every day. It's Mm -hmm. just kind of like as things kind of come 
through or as like a schedule to talk to people and stuff right. like that. Yeah. So there's different moving pieces there. Do you have a favorite part about being a journalist? Is it the writing itself? Mm-hmm. Do you like interviewing subjects? Do you like going to court and kind of doing that investigative stuff? What what kind of, what's your favorite part about being a journalist? I think one of my favorite parts is just like being in the know and being that source of information for people and being able to kind of like help people understand tough topics or answer questions that are on their minds. You know, I think that is my favorite part. I also, I, a lot of my stories that I cover are very tough, but I do love talking to people and getting to know them. And, you know, even though I'm covering a lot of very sensitive stories, the people that I'm speaking to, I have found to be very inspiring and strong in the face of grief or tragedy. And so I think that's another part of this job that's really touched me. Right. Yeah. I'm sure every day is not easy. Is there, you know, what's hard about the job of being a journalist? Is there, you know, anything that people might not realize? I mean, you read the article, but you don't necessarily understand the work that goes in behind it. You know, what would you say are kind of the hard parts about being a journalist? Yeah, I think, you know, it often gets forgotten that we are human and that we are community members too, and that we care about the community and we're doing our best to try to serve the community in this role. And so it's tough to get emails that aren't just offering criticism of our writing, but are kind of attacking our integrity and our our character. And I've gotten quite a few of those over the year. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of frustrating because you want to defend yourself, but you also understand that they're coming from a place of frustration with you, with how you covered the story. And so it's important to hear those people and hear them out and and kind of understand where they're coming from. But it it is tough. And, you know, there's there's been times where I've gone home and it's been hard to disconnect from the job because like it stays with you. Right. Yeah. And again, you've interviewed so many subjects. You've written, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of articles. I don't, I don't know what the total is. Is there a, is there a most memorable story you've covered in your time with the free press? I wouldn't say one sticks out as being most memorable. I think there are a bunch that are memorable. One Aki just uh, mentioned the other day, which was my coverage of the quintuple fatal crash on I-89, where I was communicating with a Vermont State Police trooper at like 4.30 in the morning to find out what happened. And this this was a crash that happened, I believe, in 2016 that killed five teenagers from the Mad River Valley in Vermont. And yeah, it was a, a wrong way driver on I-89 who crashed into them, stole a police cruiser, drove the cruiser away, and then drove back towards the crash. And there were already so many people that were on the scene because of the original crash. And those people were witnesses to him coming back with the police cruiser. So there were just like the the victims weren't just the teenagers. There were so many other victims that actually survived. And you could tell, especially during the trial, that they had a lot of survivor's guilt and they were trying to process still what had happened and if there was something they could have done differently, if they could have saved the kids. 
Um, and so I think the, the story that eventually came from that was about the community of people that had kind of formed from this horrific event and how they kind of leaned on each other in the aftermath to, to find some sense of meaning in it or closure or understanding. I mean, it's so hard with those types of events to really understand why they happened or like make sense of what was going through this person's head when, when he was doing what he was doing. But yeah, just all the people I spoke to who had gotten up on the witness stand during the trial were they were so inspiring and they wanted to be there to support the families of the kids who had died because they felt connected to them. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I know that article is still up on the website. Uh, if, if anyone wants to check it out, you, you know, Liz, I feel like you cover a lot of sensitive topics. You have a very, you know, unique beat and you've learned a lot, I'm sure over the past decade or so with the free press, is there, you know, what's one lesson you've learned during your career as a, as a professional journalist? Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is to always lead with empathy because you don't know what the personal situation of the person is. Often when you're going in to interview them, you can kind of guess at it, but it's never good to guess because you usually get it wrong. (laughs) Or at least in my case, I would probably get it wrong, but leading with understanding and empathy and like trying not to judge the people that you're interviewing and also just not making it about you because a lot of these stories can can be very emotional as a reporter and it's hard to think about like how do I separate myself from this like it's okay to feel feelings and feel empathy but at the same time it's not okay to make it about you because it's not about the reporter it's about the person that you're interviewing right right now, Liz, I, I wanted to ask you a question for all the aspiring journalists who are listening <laughs> to Behind the Byline. Is there one piece of advice you would offer to say that journalist who's interning for their local paper in high school, writing for their high school paper, who wants to crack into the industry? You know, What would you tell them? Yeah, no, I would tell them, one, to try different things. See what, find out what you like reporting on find out what interests you and just be really curious and open to learning about them. Never assume, <laughs> you know, always go in open and willing to kind of let somebody plead their case to you because, you know, they might have, they might say something that could surprise you and change the angle of your story. And also just stay true to yourself really, because like when you're starting out, you're, you're trying to find, your style of reporting, as well as, you know, do the stories that you're assigned to do or that you're, that you want to do. And like, if something feels uncomfortable in the way that you are reporting, like in your gut, you feel like this doesn't feel right. It probably isn't right. right. So trust your gut. Yeah, that's some great advice. Liz, I've, I've asked you some some deep questions uh, throughout this podcast. And now as we round home base, I wanted to ask you a few fun rapid fire questions that I have prepared <laughs> just to end with a bang. I asked you at the beginning of the episode what your favorite season was of Vermont. You had said it was the fall. Has it always been the fall ever since you came here for St. Mike's? Yes, it has been. It's just the best time of year. <laughs> it's when school starts too. And obviously I was a nerd in school. <laughs> so the fall is the best. Okay. <laughs> 
Got it. Liz, what is your superpower? I think I'm a, I'm very empathetic and compassionate. And that has really served me well in speaking to the people I speak to and, and hearing their stories. That's a great gift. Uh, and now in terms of Burlington, uh, do you have a favorite spot to relax in the area? It's summertime now, you know, on a Saturday, do you have a go-to spot in the area? I really love going to the farmer's markets. <laughs> um, my sister and I, go, my sister lives up here too. And we either go to Burlington's farmer's market or Shelburne's farmer's market. Sometimes we go to other ones, but those are the main two that we frequent. And those are just like, it's so fun to like get to know the vendors and right. see what they're offering and then pick out your foods and cook them afterwards. <laughs> are they Are they weekly? Yes, they are. Gotcha. And what, yeah. what day of the week? Those are usually on Saturdays. Okay. Um, Winooski's is on Sunday, um, which I sometimes go to as well. All right. So. I've been to the one in Middlebury, but I haven't been to one in Burlington or Winooski. So I have to check it out. It's good, right? Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> good for a small Vermont town. Yeah. Uh, and finally, I didn't, I didn't prepare you here, but do you have a favorite creamy? Is it maple? Oh, for sure. Gotta be, right? It's gotta be maple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's been like my one of the, uh, you know, I've been trying to get my hands on different creamies this summer, being up in Burlington. Yeah. I didn't know what a creamy was until I went to Middlebury. Most um, people from out of state don't. I'm, it's I mean, crazy. Yeah. My brother still refuses to say creamy. It's <laughs> <soft> <laughs> <serve>. <laughs> no, it's a creamy. <laughs> yeah. I love my, I love myself a creamy. I, I wrote a story about ice cream, Bob, his yes. jacket just closed on the Burlington and waterfront, but uh, it's been it's been really fun to do some of that yeah. and to steal Brent's beat every once in a while. My husband is a chocolate vanilla twist lover for Whoa. creamies. Yes. Okay. And you can also do maple and black raspberry twists in no some way. places. That's the other kind of common creamy flavor. Huh. But. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're finishing on creamies. It's making me hungry. <laughs> you said you ate lunch. Yeah. <laughs> well, Liz, thank you so much for coming on to Behind the Byline. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been Behind the Byline, a podcast that shares the stories of the Burlington Free Press's journalists. I'm your host, Blaze Seifer. Thanks as always for tuning in. I'll catch you next time.